The best things in life are free. Self-work is required to give yourself to someone. That's how marriage happens. Two people bringing their best and worst qualities to the table and mixing it all up to make one big healthy unit. There will be ups and downs, teachable moments and blessings that come from it. But the most important thing to remember is you're in it for eternity and hard work is necessary for longevity. My name is Brittany. My name is Wallace. And And this this is is the the Proud Mary Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Proud Mary Podcast. My name is Brittany. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Tone. What's going on? How y'all doing? How y'all doing today? Uh, today is Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. May the 11th. Yes, today is Tuesday. Yes, and we've had such a, a eventful weekend. It was my first Mother's Day we celebrated. And I must say, I've gotten a lot of love from bunch of people and from everybody you know wishing me a happy first mother's day and it i just felt so loved like nothing could ruin my day like the day was just so fun chill good vibes with family we got crabs and you know we just had a great time so thank you so much for everybody who shouted me out for my first mother's day everybody who appreciated my first mother's day and Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Definitely. It is definitely a thankless job and it's definitely a blessing. And so thank you. Yeah, definitely. Special shout out to you. Um, You know, I wish we were super rich where I could have just gave you the world all in one fell swoop. But hey, you seem to really enjoyed it. Uh, My car still smells like crabs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. I I definitely enjoyed it, and I know your love language language is giving. My love language is just enjoying the time. You know, I would have been good with just a card and like appreciation and seeing you and my son. My day was amazing, and I was surrounded by so many amazing mothers, and I don't know. I just felt the love, and so thank you, honey, for that. Oh, you're very welcome, and yeah, shout out to. Once again, all the mothers out there, uh, especially my own mother. Shout out to mom, yes. You know what I mean? Shout out to Donna. Shout mm-hmm. out to your mom. Uh, Nelka, Deatra. Sure, there's too many uh, <laughs> close mothers. To, so many amazing yeah. mothers out here, Indeed, man. indeed, man. Thank like, you to everyone. All of y'all deserve y'all flowers, cards, cars, mm-hmm. oh, gifts, yeah. right. and everything Happy in mother's between. Day, man. It's definitely not an easy job, but it's very rewarding. So we appreciate the love. I'm sure all the mothers appreciate the love. So now we got to make sure that Father's Day is reciprocated because a lot of times Father's Day, fathers aren't looked, uh, uh, aren't put on a high pedestal as as mothers. And I feel like that's kind of not fair. The fathers that are there and, and involved in their children's lives, I feel like they should be celebrated just as highly as mothers <laughs> i agree i mean going into that that's that's a whole nother situation because there's a lot of bitter chicks out there that um do that whole single parent role but there are some that also have that help yeah. that does not take that help and are the ones the same ones that put out that post uh-uh, this is it, Mother's Day extended. I'm a mother and a father. Indeed, I want to uh, <laughs> shout out the Happy Father's Day to me because I'm the one that makes grilled cheese. I mean, but that is actually factual to some women who don't have the father in their lives. I respect that. But yeah, the ones, but that, the ones do, that do... Don't be bitter about your relationship. Fall back. Respect the father for what his role is because me and Tone were just talking about how, you know, mothers just naturally have more on their plate when it comes to their child than fathers that doesn't make the father less than it just makes he playing his role and he's being involved and i feel like that should be celebrated regardless period so we'll see we'll do another episode near or or possibly on father's day and we'll talk about it indeed and then earlier i posted a video of, of me and Timmy walking around the house because he just was like, 
he was like so irritated and irritable and I'm like you know we just went on this over a mile it was like a mile and a half walk we got home and you know he was just fussing so I, I just was like you know what let me strap this little harness thing on me and put him in it so we I had a minute and I posted it on the Proud Mary podcast group on Facebook so you know we're walking around the house and I'm like oh it calmed him down so I thought that was so funny because like movement just calms him and I was like, let me just take a video of this because I need people to see this man. He just loves to be move, movement, moving. And then you notice he was like facing forward. He likes to see everything. He likes to know what's going on. He just wants to be a part. So I, I can blame him for that because I'm the same way. So <laughs> yeah, go check that video out. It was cute. Definitely cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as we told you before we were going to do like a three-part IVF episode and so we just kind of want to pick back off where we left and just kind of go into more of depth of what you know we went through and experienced through this this whole you know time of us trying to conceive Timmy could have been a, a different it could have been a girl or a boy but it just happened to be Timmy so I'm going to say trying to conceive Timmy and yeah so let's talk about it let's talk about it so I remember the doctor saying, you know, okay, so this these are the steps you have to take to try to conceive. So we're like, okay, so some of the steps involved buying a whole bunch of in- injections. They were not cheap. I feel like out of the entire financial um, process of being of IVF was medications. That was not cheap. So we were like, okay. So they was like, you know, you're going to take the medications for about two to three weeks. You don't really have a time frame on it because they really just go off of what your follicles are doing. If they're growing, if they're multiplying, you know, follicles are pretty much like eggs. If you can just imagine it being like eggs inside of your uterus or reproductive system. Don't know exactly where where ovaries yeah, that's it <laughs> sorry <laughs> i had to get my mind right so follicles are like eggs inside of your ovaries so what they you know what the medication is trying to do is trying to give you as many follicles as you can get make them as big as they can be make them as valuable as they can be so that way you can use them and so we were like okay so i remember the uh first time we decided to go through this i was like all right so we contacted the different places and they all priced us and we just stuck with one place and they they were expensive but we expensive that's an understatement though <laughs> like that's like the main issue mm-hmm. when it comes to any kind of IVF situation the price of the medication yeah um if you don't have good health insurance that has uh fertility benefits then you are going to pay man i, I can't even yeah i can't even quote you an exact price because it's different from place to place city to city state to state it is some people get cheap medications even with the discount they were skyrocketed i, I feel like we paid maybe 10,000 the first round maybe maybe a little less but it was still in the thousands and i was like okay Got all my stuff together. I organized everything. It was so much information. It was so overwhelming because, you know, you're going through everything, trying to figure out what this is and that. And this is during COVID, so everything's over email. You're not going in person. You're not really seeing anybody. I had a, a specific nurse that we were working with, and, you know, I had to email her all the time trying to figure out what this, this, and that. So, like, some medications will have two different names. And I remember the first night that we were trying to administer it and they gave me one brand but it was the same same brand as a generic well it was i think well i don't know which one was generic but it was a different name for it and so i'm freaking out like so i'm trying to google it research it i try to call them it's midnight nobody's answered the phone so you know at some point you just gotta gotta go with your instinct Shout out to Google again. You can see this. Hey, Google. Google, yeah, and, and Google did give us some information. I was like, you know what? This is this just listen to Google. So we did it, and it turns out that was the the right approach. But so the disadvantage of being doing this during COVID is like we couldn't really get like hands on details of everything. Like, had I been in the office and they were like, these are the medications you need, 
oh, by the way, they have jailer names for it, but it's all the same thing. It would have been different. But we were going through this, and I was, like, very anxious and nervous, and we were excited all in one bundle. Indeed. And, like, that's one thing that we did miss out from, not being able to go to the office for, like, tutorials on how to take this medication because, yeah. once again, this was during COVID, and they're pretty much like, these are the medicines you need to buy $5,000 yeah. later. They gave us a bunch of videos, though. We just had to keep watching them, but it, was, it wasn't the same. Yeah, I mean, eh, I am a diabetic, so a lot of what they were saying on how you had to do the injections, you know, it was very familiar for me. Yeah. And... Yeah, I'll let you continue. But I couldn't do the injections myself. I was like, I cannot do these myself. Tone, you have to be, you know, the one to do it. And then, like, also, I felt like because we had a choice in the sense to try to conceive versus just seeing what happens, you know, I really felt like deep in my heart, if we're going to do this together, we're going to do this together. It's no... She got this, you know, any of that stuff, because I felt like, you know, we have to be a part of this completely together. So I and, gave him the task. And plus, she didn't want to do it herself. Don't plus, know. I didn't want to do it myself. <laughs> so his task was to, to inject me every time. And it just, it hurt, but he did it. So I was like, whatever. But I realized, like, it, it did, y'all, like, give us, like, a bond that. I never knew that can happen. Yeah, to this day, you know, she still helps me with my uh, insulin injections. I do, and I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, like stink up some... But yeah, she, she helps me out with that. Just like insulin injections, fertility injections, they can never be in the same spot. You always have to rotate spots because... Mm-hmm. I forget what the uh, medical term is called, but the skin in that area, if you keep doing an injection in the exact same spot, it can feel like a pocket of skin with medicine that never gets through to the bloodstream. And it can also make that skin really rough there as well. So, this sidebar for conversation. That makes, yeah. Well, it makes sense because you kept finding new places. And so... The first round, I decided, you know, I'm going to go into it. I'm not going to really do too much. I'm not going to move around a lot. I'm not going to work out a lot. I'm just going to take care of myself as far as what I'm eating and just kind of let everything run its course and see what happens. You know, every time that, you know, you do the injections, then we'll leave the house. I'll leave the house because he couldn't come into any visits because it's COVID to go get ultrasound and blood work done. We will pray every morning before I went and then I had to change my schedule at work and thank God my management team were on board they were actually excited for me and they were like whatever you need just let us know so I had to change my schedule around a lot and I would go in in the morning and they will do my blood work do the ultrasound they'll give me an update later that day your follicles are growing this is and that and so after like two to three weeks, just depending on your body and depending on how mature your follicles are, there's a trigger shot. What the trigger shot does is 24 hours exactly before you go in for your egg retrieval, you have to take this shot and it pretty much makes your follicles bigger. Like it grows it. Yeah, and it's like, it's down to the minute, though. When they say, yeah, your trigger shot, well, maybe not down to the exact minute, but like like a five minute, like, window. It's not even a five minute. They spec, well, anytime Uh, I went in, they would specify, like, you have to take it at this time. Excuse me. At the night. Yeah, I mean, because you wasn't able to come in with it. No, I dig it. No, no, no. It wasn't, yeah, you had to be on point with that time. And,. So after like two weeks or so, they were like, all right, you're, you're, you had enough follicles. We think this is the most you're going to get. You got a trigger at this day, at this time, exactly. And then I want to, it was, I don't know if it's 24 hours or 48 hours. It's 24 hours. It's 24 hours. So 24 hours later, you go in and they put me to sleep. Some people choose not to go to sleep, which I think is crazy. 
because that stuff is not fun. <laughs> they push you to sleep and they go into your ovaries and they take out as many follicles as they can so that they can use that to make you uh, an embryo in the end. That's the, that's the goal. So that's what we did the first round. Um, none of them made it. We only had three follicles and we mixed them with toned sperm and we we put they put them in the incubator and then they just see if they grow and develop five at day five it's called blastocyst blastocyst stage means that they've made it and the protocol is the day after the so they do the egg retrieval and then the very next day they're supposed to call you and give you an update on them so we got five eggs but only three survived but we'll call you on day five and let you know whatever, you know. You no, know, they were know. supposed to give, like, daily updates, though. It, well, at that point, it's like day, it's like one, it's like the, first, the very next day, and then maybe day three, and then day five. But it wasn't okay. daily. Yeah. But we didn't hear nothing from them next day. So I'm like, okay. So day two comes. And I'm calling, trying to get some information. Nobody's trying to give me no information. I'm getting a runaround. I got to the point where I called the management team. I mean, I asked for, to speak to them because I'm like, you know, this is ridiculous. I don't know what's going on. I need to know. This is protocol. They told me when I was leaving the hospital or their clinic after the egg retrieval that this is what's going to happen. So I'm expecting this to happen. Finally, they were like, somebody's going to give you a call, and they're going to let you know. Okay, cool. This is probably day three. My doctor calls me, and he's like, yeah, um, I just want you to know, you know, they're still in the incubator, but it doesn't look too good. And then he went over all the options of everything. He was like, yeah, usually we don't like to open the incubator that early because of, the, because of reasons like this. In my mind, I'm like, and I and, and advocate for yourself because I didn't advocate for myself at this very moment because they didn't call me on day one. Day one is the day that they were supposed to call me. They didn't give me no update. So them opening the, and telling me that they're opening the incubator, pretty much trying to blame it on me. Like, oh, well, that's why we don't open the incubator earlier because we don't, we don't want them to die off because the more air they're exposed to, this, this, and that. And I'm just thinking to myself like, Fucking bullshit. Right. You opened it because you didn't you didn't follow your own protocol that you tell me that you were gonna do. And so I was just too anxious and overwhelmed that I didn't even bring it up, but I felt like I should have at that moment. Like, you know, y'all didn't call me day one. That's why I had to open it. And I I'm not gonna blame it all on that as the reason because you just never know because of the reasoning behind the reason why I can't get pregnant is because I have low egg reserve. It could very well just be that it just didn't happen. But the fact that they had to open it up and check it, it could be a reason why that they didn't make it or any of them didn't make it. So, you know, it, it leaves a thought in my mind. And sidebar on that, too. I remember the first round, we was uh, supposed to do that PGTA testing. Mm-hmm. And you can explain what that is for the listeners. Uh, PGTA testing is supposed to be uh, testing for an abnormal... Um, embryo. It tests for supposedly, it tests for um, missing. Down yeah, Down syndrome. Um, if it's just like a lot of missing, um, I guess strands or just, yeah, just missing DNA to make a person whole, for lack of yeah. better terminology. Yeah. You know, once again, I'm not a medical doctor. Um, this is just what they were saying and suggesting like in the very beginning and you know the pgta testing itself is like what three bands it was yeah yeah something crazy like that like three bands and like once we did do the egg retrieval and it was five but three made it you know the doctor itself was like you know you probably don't want to go through the pgta testing because i'm gonna get to that but you're, oh, okay, you're my right. bad. No, you're good. You're right about that. And like in the first round, um, I was just so overwhelmed and anxious. And like I said, it was COVID. I have to keep reiterating this because we didn't have the proper face-to-face that we needed to. That is actually not a bad test. But if you're getting 20 eggs, 
that's not a bad test. You can you can easily just be like, all right, well, five of these A's ain't good. You got 15 more to go. But we didn't have that. We had, we were working on little to no eggs. So yeah. we weren't specified. Like, you did bring it to my attention. But, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, they didn't tell me that. So, you know Yeah, what yeah, because I mean? that whole thing, I was just like against it in the first place. But um, even the sad sidebar on that, I told you about that uh, study that, not study, but that woman that posted, I think she was like in California somewhere, mm-hmm. and they did the whole PGTA testing thing, and she had eggs, and they came back as uh, abnormal. But they were normal. No, no, oh. they weren't. They were, they came back as abnormal. Um, that's why PGTA testing isn't 100% guaranteed. So anyway, the particular place that she went to, they do not implant um, abnormal follicles or abnormal eggs. And so their thing is you have to wait seven years. And in seven years, you could take them somewhere else and they can implant them. Well, anyway, seven years later, she takes one of those abnormals and she gets it implanted. And to this day, she has a boy that has no issues from it. And so that's why it's so up in arms with the whole PGTA testing because there's still science that's not 100% correct. No, I mean, mm-hmm. just because it starts out that way doesn't mean that it ends out that way. That's true. And then some people also say, you know, I did a whole lot of research on it after the fact, after the first round anyway. And a lot of people will say, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm not doing a test because regardless of what the issue is, that's my baby and we're going to be good with that baby. You know what I mean? And so it's a lot of things that go into it. But I was just trying to be really... It's prestigious, I guess, and, and, and try to listen to everything that the doctor was saying. And they didn't, until until I got the phone call from the doctor after fighting to find out results of anything, and he tells me that is a possibility that they won't make it because we had to open it up and expose the air and all that BS, that, you know, it's possible that because you only have, you have low egg reserve, that you're only probably pushing out like three to four eggs. It's no, not necessary. When you get an egg, just, you know, in my opinion, he was like, you know, you, it's your call. But in my opinion, just implant it. Go for it. Just go for it. And in my mind, I'm like, this information should have been told to me because we spent, what, $2,500, on the PGTA testing up front. And they couldn't give us a refund because we still had, um, like, I guess bills trying to go to insurance to get cleared so we decided to keep it on our credit meaning that any other extra bills that would come through that we had to pay they'd just take it out of that but i feel like that it's cool because i guess it's less than our bill for now but it it was kind of like dang we just kind of wasted that money and we could have definitely used that somewhere else and so yeah we got the phone call so a couple of days later because I told you he called me on day three to tell me the update of what could possibly be, but he didn't get it. They wait five days. So the fifth day, my nurse called me and was like, yeah, um, I'm sorry, but you know, none of them made it. And uh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Like she was really apologetic. She was nice. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the experience of that place probably 95% of the time. That's actually really good. You know what I mean? There were certain things like we just explained about how they didn't call us the first day and other things that could have been avoided. And due to COVID, it was like miscommunications in certain areas. And that's the only reason why I give them 95 because it definitely could have been better. I feel like had we been able to be face to face with a lot of situations involving, uh, revolving it. Um, and she called us. And so we were like, okay. I don't know. I just feel like we both were destroyed Destroy, yeah destroyed disappointed i think i cried i know tom was feeling on and, and sad about it and and yeah it was spiraling behavior for me you know yeah for me that was one of those situations like when my father and my brother passed away and you know i was just in a mental stuck locked place where i was just spiraling because you, like you lose some a child. I lost three, in a sense. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. I felt, in that moment, I felt hopeless. Like, 
completely hopeless, helpless. You, I know you were hurt. Yeah. I was hurt. There was you know, nothing anybody could, you know, say or do to help us in that situation. It's like, you know, that's something that we were broadcasting to the world completely at, at that moment at all. Mm -hmm. So it was like only like a really close family that knew and that knew how distraught and hurt we were from it. Yeah. And, you know, to y'all that know what we went through and that was there to help us get through that hump because lo and behold, there was a lot of things that we needed to work on. In our own personal relationship. In our own personal relationship. Man, I feel like if that didn't happen and we would have never seen the growth that we would would need to see. Mm, preach. Because. That's real. That's real. Yeah, like I said, my spiraling, I think this one really got me out of control because, like I said, in my mind, I was really hopeless and I just couldn't see a point of much of anything anymore because, like she said in episode one of this conversation, that, you know, my whole point on this earth always felt like I was here to... Reproduce. Yeah, reproduce, you know, have children, leave the legacy on into the world. Yeah. I agree. That's that's the reason why another reason why it, it hurt hit home so much because I knew that's what you felt and what you wanted. And granted, I did, but I'm I'm used to suppressing my feelings and just acting like they don't exist at the time. You know, over the years, I've learned how to face them now as I'm getting older and being, you know, more mindful and trying to be the best me I can be. I can't do that any longer. In in that moment, I just felt, it was a lot of things I felt. It was shame, guilt, and it's unfortunate because infertility should not feel that way. It should be like, okay, well, everybody has their thing. You know, I, I don't know. We just look, I feel like we look down, we're looked down upon when it comes to being able to reproduce. I was just, I just felt like I was useless. I felt depressed I felt like it was very sensitive for me because I have to unfair is another word you know because I had to go through all this to, to get pregnant and it failed and it fails and it failed and, and you and, feel like a fucking failure and mind <laughs> you with his insurance we only have two rounds for the lifetime of his insurance two rounds so we were like well yeah. that's one round down and I mean, keep in mind, folks, like that first round was no shortage of fifteen thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, and once again, I will backtrack to episode one. You know, you can try to discredit and knock for us not wanting to adopt or break. And there is nothing against adoption. Please don't get this misconstrued at all. But everybody who deals with fertility issues Everybody wants a chance, you know, to have their own and they, kid. And I feel like they all do try every avenue until it's like, well, we can adopt. There's nothing wrong with it, but you want your own seed. And, like, for me, I was stressed out a lot because, or depressed a lot because I felt like I can't give them that. Let's just do donor. I brought it up to him a couple times. Like, let's just do a donor egg. Let's just do a donor egg. Like, it'll have your DNA, so at least you don't got to worry about it. Why you were in my mind? I'm like, why are you so worried about my DNA at this point? Like, at least he'll have your DNA because I was desperate. And he was like, nah, I don't want that. But I don't want that, Brittany. But I don't want that. Like, we've had many conversations about it. But I don't want that. I want him to have your DNA. I talked to my dad about it. He's like, well, you know, at least if he keep it in the family, at least you got three sisters that are that would, would be willing to do that. And it's like, that's cool. But I'm like. I don't I don't want any of that either. In my mind like but I but me being the person I am I'm impatient and I'm learning how to be patient. It's like just go. Let's just go. We know we know this is a fact that we're going to be and it and it actually isn't a fact too. If you get a donor egg that doesn't mean it's going to make it. I've heard stories but you have a better success rate. 
So I remember the day that we got the news, you were just, we were both distraught. We went our own separate ways. You went out on the patio, you know, maybe call Ma or somebody, you just sat by yourself, whatever the case may be, and I'm sitting here on the couch. And then I'm like processing, processing, processing. I'm just like, you know what? Something came over me and I said, all right, we're going to try again. And if this don't work, I'm done. That's exactly how I said it to myself. And I remember coming in, opened the patio door. I said, Tom, we can try again. We're going to try with my egg again because I feel like it's not fair for me to just make decisions off of how I feel because there's no joint effort and you deserve a chance. No, I think you said let's use a donor egg again before we came to that. Cause well, initially, not while you were on the patio, but maybe at that time frame. But when you were on the patio, I remember the first thing I said was, let's try again. But maybe I did say that before you went out there. Yeah. And yeah. I was I was at a loss. You know, I didn't want to think about doing another round at all. Off the initial hearing it. Just in my own world, in my own mind. And that's when my spiral began. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that everything happens for a reason. And I do believe that God put our situation in our life as far as how and how to conceive for a reason. Because... Deep down inside, I guess we weren't emotionally ready the first round. We had a lot that we had to work out as far as our selfishness. We had a lot that we had to work out as far as being a married couple. And we had a lot that we had to work out realizing that we can possibly bring a child in this world. And I just felt like there were so many signs that the first round wasn't a good idea, you know. We called the clinic back and was like, you know, we just need a month. And then we'll, we'll try again. Yeah, in that month, there was a lot of soul searching. There wow. was yeah. a lot of growth. Um, well, I'll say a lot of rebuilding and growth from the rebuilding. Facts. Like, there were not fights. There were arguments. Mm. And there was a lot of realization that came from what I kept saying, my spiraling, the juice world. And I would say the abyss, you know, finding myself in the abyss, just like I was dealing with death and loss from before. And I would say not getting an ultimatum, but getting that conversation that really made me see myself and you know what I was doing to not only myself but to others around me. Yeah. My thing was we have an opportunity to plan this baby. This baby is not made because we just had sex and we woke up and I was pregnant. If we're planning this baby, forget the money. But we're planning this baby. Why plan a baby if we're not emotionally, mentally healthy for each other and ourselves? That was my whole go-to. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It, it, it's just no point if we're gonna if we're not gonna be on the same page, because that's not fair. You know, I've had a lot of trauma in my life, a lot of trauma. I would never want to bring my son and or daughter at the time in this world and not even and, and and not feel like I can somewhat navigate it. You know, we're not perfect. We still have issues and we still have trials and tribulations and we still have disagreements and stuff like that. That's normal. But to affect to actively know that something's not right and to still do something that you know that can be a, a sabotage to your child, it's not fair. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely, folks. Anybody can be proud. Anybody can be married. Yeah. You know, we choose to be proud married. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I find <it> like that. <laughs> and that's real. 
That's real. But, we choose, um, yeah. Yeah. You really have to sit down and have these deep conversations and have this deep connection, you know, really be able to look at yourself in the mirror through your actions, recollecting what you, or should I say, recollecting what you say, how you act. Really just take a look at yourself because, again, nobody's perfect. But if he or she is worth it, then they're worth it. Yeah. You know, first and foremost, yourself, you are worth it. And you really need to really think about that. Really understand that. Yeah. Definitely. For a long time, you know, I personally didn't feel worth it. Same. And going through this process, it wore me down. It really did. And I had to build myself back up. And you definitely helped me with that. And I'm definitely appreciative. Well, I like to say, same. You know, this process wore me down too. The first, you know, round, it was really traumatizing in a sense. You know, I really felt useless. I felt... Like, I didn't contribute, and I know I knew I would be an amazing mom. I knew I would be a great mom. Would I be perfect? No. Who is? But I knew I would be an amazing mom, and I knew that's what I wanted. I've dreamt of it. I've had dreams of it. Like, you know, I just want to be a mom. And I also didn't want to have a baby with the wrong person. Just like when I knew that I wanted to marry you, I knew that you were the right person. When I knew that I want to have a kid by you, I knew you the right person because I was scared for a long time to accidentally get pregnant. Well, I guess I didn't have to worry about that, right? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I knew. Um, So we went a month with, I just started doing a lot of research. We actually went, that, that month, we, we, we kind of did research on what we wanted to do, but we also kind of like went back to the way we, we, we were before. To kind of get ourselves back to some type of normalcy to gear ourselves up for round two. And with that research, I would like to recommend, I don't remember the author, but the book is called, it starts with an egg. Anybody who is wanting to tell the issues and stuff like that, they have some things on men too in it. But I got the audio and I actually read it the first round, but then the second round I went back and read it or listen to it through and through again. There's a lot of things that I decided when we decided we were going to do round two that I personally decided that I was going to do to enhance my chances. I was like, this is our last chance. I'm going to give it everything I got. And I did. We went keto. I read the book. Um, there was a lot of things that could that could potentially cause you to have infertility issues, such as plastic, um, BPA, that that causes it. Certain detergents, um, what is it? Fabric softeners, shampoos, conditioners, uh, hand soap, dish detergent, all that stuff. <laughs> Everything that you could regularly Everything use could in regularly. everyday life. Yep, I went through and I got knew everything i got the wool balls for like a fabric softener we still use to this day i don't use any more dish detergent or hand soap that has anything in it but all natural stuff i you know at the time i went keto i'm, I'm getting back on that now but at the time i went straight keto keto and instead we of, did yeah, yeah, we, we did, did we did and instead of not working out and letting my body do its course. I worked out every single day for like three weeks leading up to keto. Oh, yeah. I mean, the- I'm sorry, not leading up to keto, <laughs> leading up to the injection. So we did take a break, but I want to reiterate, we did take a break, but we also took that, that next month we took it seriously. So I'm going to backtrack. I said one month, two months we took. The first month mm-hmm. we just kind of like went back to normal. And the second month, we went went hard. Yeah, and that too. I also want to give a shout out to that one customer that I went to, uh, the Laurel Towers over there, and she told me about maca root. 
Oh, yeah. I started taking that, too. Yeah. I started taking a bunch of different supplements as well. Yeah. Can't say it was one specific thing, y'all. But we don't know what it was exactly, but we did everything we could. <laughs> everything, everything that we could this round. We had, we made sure that we were both in a better position with ourselves and with each other, spiritually, physically, and man, even our finances got better at that time. It did. To be honest with you. And let me tell you something. This is how God works. We have an angel in our lives, and Facts. she's still been here to this day. You know, Tone's mom. Mrs. Cheryl Denise Carroll. Angel still on this earth, so let me specify that too. She definitely comes. She just be. She's been looking out for me from day one. By the way, like me too. She, she makes me well, the obviously, but <laughs> she makes me feel like you know I'm her actual daughter, and she's done that from day one, and I respect her for that. But she just hit us up one day, was like, yeah, you know, I want to help fund the second round, and we're like, yeah, because at what? first, man. Like the whole idea of going through it again we was like a loan or something. I don't, we we wouldn't have been able to take out another loan. We, we didn't say that the first time. Like we we had to take out loans and stuff the first time, y'all. And Dip yeah, for one k and you know. and some more. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I was like, Ma, you know, <laughs> going to need like fifteen grand. She yeah. she gave us ten. We said ten because she gave us ten. No, it said 15, but the whole process. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep, that's right. So we ended up. So it was up, like 12. Yeah. And that helped fund everything, everything that, we, <laughs> that we needed it to and do. And after pregnancy. And so the second round, they had me on a slightly different protocol. So the first rounds, I believe, I was only doing injections at night. And I was only doing like two different injections every night or something like that. The second round, I had to wake up in the morning. They gave me an extra injection. They so I did maybe one in the morning, and then at night I had to do like two. Yeah, but also too, before you go further into mm-hmm. that, the second round we switched offices as well. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because it's all the same the same company, but but you have um, different offices you can go to. So, like, with Shady Grove Fertility Clinic, they have a bunch of different offices around the area. So, I, were, I was going to one. I'm not going to shout out specifics because I don't want to, you know, be, be that guy. But... I went to one office location, and and everybody was really nice, respectful. <clears throat> I never felt like slighted or anything when I would go into any of the offices. But the difference between the two was the first one that I would go to. It was very busy, like overwhelmingly busy. They'll have you waiting for like thirty, forty-five minutes because they're trying to catch up constantly. Sometimes you couldn't even really sit down. Sometimes people had to wait out in the lobby until they called you in to even come in and go back. So then another thing is they'll do blood work and um, the uh, ultrasound to check your follicles. So they'll call you back for the blood work, let you make you go back out into the lobby, then call you back for the ultrasound. And it was just a lot for me. You know, I knew that, thank God I changed my schedule and my, my management team was at work, were, were on board. But it was just too much. So I really believe that my environment helped also with the calmness. I changed um, offices to go to specifically for the second round. And like, even when I would go there, they'll check my wristband and stuff like that. I'd be like, why are you traveling this far? <laughs> I'm like, because you guys are, are amazing. Like, y'all, it's a calm office. It's very organized, meaning like, they have a organ. They they call you in. You sit down. You wait. When they call your name back, you go to you get the blood work thing. They take you straight back to the ultrasound office. And then sometimes the nurses or the techs will come in and be like, "You look familiar." Oh, from the other office. And like, I don't know. It was just so much. It was like a lot more calmer. And and I felt like they were just as busy as the other office. Yeah, I think that. You know, amongst all the other changes that we made going into the second round, the stress level, the stress level. definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Because, man, like, y'all just don't know. Like, see, we already said before that my mom came through 
and Sight Star Live saying that she would fund the second round. But my mom and Brittany, like their confidence level was just so high when it came to doing the second round, man. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous. I was scared of, you know, uh, another failed attempt. But their confidence, man, it just, it boosted me up, you know. When you when you uh, presume confidence and strength, that can go a long way for not just yourself, but for yeah. people around you. So keep that in mind, folks, because, yeah, yeah their confidence and strength really did help me out. You know, I, I posted something earlier today when you can't be 50-50 and somebody got to do 80-20, you're still all in. Yeah. And yeah, man, they they boosted me up. You have to. You have to. And and I just knew my mind frame was it has to work this time. It has to work this time. It has to work this time. So the second round, we went, you know, we did the injections again and they called us and said do the trigger shot. So the trigger shot had to be done 24 hours prior to the egg retrieval. We did the trigger shot. I remember going that morning. We had to go early, early, like maybe 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't go in with me this time because he got his COVID vaccination. So now they're changing protocols. You got to have your COVID vaccination to get in. But he only had the first round. He didn't have the second round. And so you had to sit in the car. Yep. And so I'm like, damn, because like the surgeries are like very... I don't know. I just love when he... Anytime when I would go to the hospital since we've been together, like it would just be nice for him to be there, but he couldn't be there. So I was like, whatever. Okay. Pray for me. You know, to take me in, do the same thing over again. He has to wait in the car for an hour and a half. They don't want him to go far because when I'm done, he need to come get me because I could be woozy or whatever. And after, you know, after waking up, so I went in. They did... They took as many eggs as they can. I believe they took... I think it was five again. Was it five? Yeah, I believe it was five again. Okay. They took five. They said, we're going to call you the next day. And I'm thinking to myself like, well, I said that last time. We'll see. They called me the very next day and said that three were still good. They were still thriving. And I was like, okay. That's awesome. And it was also a flashback of the first time for me. Well, the first time I didn't get any news at all, so it wasn't to me. But I feel because you was nervous, I understand because you didn't know the outcome. And before we end out, I would like to say they said, "Well, we're going to schedule your transfer." And they didn't give me no more details. But let me tell you something: the fact that they said that, I said, "Well, <laughs> we have a chance. We have a chance. We have a chance." And, yeah, it was, I don't know, I'm getting, like, overwhelmingly um, emotional in a sense because I'm like, wow, this is really happening. Indeed. And, you know, we want to kind of end that here because we, you know, the outcome. But, you know, it's, to me, it's very important to share my story our story because you know there's a lot of couples or couples or single people out there some some women just want to have a child and they're okay with not having a significant other in their lives and that's totally fine but you know it's shamed on it's looked down on to have facility issues and a lot of women won't voice it and a lot of women won't talk about it because such as myself it's almost like something's wrong with you Because you can't conceive and you have all these people out here who have all these success stories and they just wake up one day pregnant. And some women just had one night stand and they're pregnant and stuff like that. And and I'm not knocking their story or their, their, their success, but there are other women who, who, women who can't do that. And we're scared to talk about it because we're scared to look down upon and it really shouldn't even be that way. It should be that. I'm so happy for you, you know, and, but I'm, I'm struggling, but you know, it's hard to admit and, and it's hard to show that vulnerability of yourself when it's so much out here, so many people out here and so much out here that'll just deter you and make you feel like shit. 
Everybody is so soft and so tough. At the same time. At the same damn time. Mm-hmm. You know, fellas, there's no difference for us. Because we live with issues, all kinds of issues, all the time. And fertility is one that is not talked about amongst men at all. Yeah. And when it is talked about, it's like, nigga, how you the only nigga in the hood that can't have kids? It's a joke. It's a a joke, but it's not funny. It's not funny. But people make it seem like, oh, uh, it's a joke. You know, I remember recently someone that I know... I was just like being ignorant, not even thinking about what I said. And I said, when you going to have a child? Um, I'm having a hard time. And then I conceived or something like that, they said. And I felt bad. Like instantly, like I'm being that freaking statistic. And I immediately apologized. Like, you know what? That's not cool because I know how it is. And naturally, sometimes you want to ask those questions because it was kind of like, Y'all next, y'all next, you know, that type of thing. But it's still like, you know, you have to be mindful of how you say things and who you say things to because it's just not easy for everybody. I know second firsthand. So to, to say that to, to that, that person was just like, I felt bad. And even if they didn't take it that way, which they didn't, I personally still feel bad because it's not cool, If especially if you're going through it. So, you know... Lesson learn from that. Just be careful of how you, you tread lightly. say things and what you say to people. You know, because people wear hard hard hats and they walk around acting like their life is. You know, they're good all the time and they they don't they don't display the vulnerability in themselves. Check on your strong friends is the saying. You know, people go through things. People just don't walk around acting like they go through things. They don't go th- go around wearing a badge saying, I have infertility issues. I suffer from depression. I'm this. I'm that. They don't walk around like that. They walk around and they leave that stuff at home. But it doesn't mean that they're not suffering. And so just be mindful of what you say and how you say things to people because you just never know what someone is going through. Big facts. Yeah. And so I think we're going to end it here. This is a great conversation. We appreciate you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of our Proud Mary family. We are definitely going to keep rolling. And we'll talk to you guys next week for our final IVF episode. Shout out to all my PMPs. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find us at anchor.fm, breaker.audio, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, RadioPublic.com, and Spotify. Also, check us out on our Facebook group page, The Proud Mary Podcast. <laughs>